ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do, but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Who is Joanne Bracken, please? <laughs> what a good question. I'm not sure how to answer that. That's a deep question, you know, and I think it's one that we all get hung up on because we can talk about what we do, but to talk about who we are is different. But basically, as I see myself, I am a spiritual being like we all are, who is completely passionate about spiritual growth and assisting other people with their spiritual growth, letting go of what's in the way so that we can all come to a place of more peace and enjoyment with our lives. So I'm a healer, you know, of course that's what I do, but that's me at my core. I've always known that I would be a healer. So there's that, whatever that program is in my soul, it's all about being a healing channel, expressing that in my own unique way in the world. And because I have a music background, um, it's all about using my voice. So I used to sing quite a lot and um, just did a lot of different types of things like operetta and church music and different community groups, choruses and, you know, American musical comedy, things like that. And that was my life back then before I had my real spiritual awakening, I guess you could say. Um, but what's fun now is that I get to use my voice in my healing work. It's come together. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, I think. So <clears throat> when, how old were you when you sort of first had an inkling that you were slightly different or you had, you know, you had this special gift? Oh, I think always, well, I knew when I was a little girl, you know, probably I have a, I'm thinking of a, a picture of me at Halloween and my costume was a nurse and I was five, I think. I was five years old. I knew from back then that I wanted to be a nurse or I thought I did, but that was the only picture I had of what girls did you know, as healing forces in the world. I didn't know that we could do anything other than be a nurse. So, and as far as feeling different, 
I always felt like I was a little different because I would talk about things in school that nobody else would talk about, like ghosts, you know, spirits, um, you know, healing with herbs. I read my first book on reincarnation when I was 16 and I, I just devoured it. I could not put it down. And lo and behold, that's what so much of my practice is about is working with past lives, you know, other life expressions that we've had. So I think there were some kids in the class who probably thought I was a little strange because I was so much more interested in things that they thought were really weird, you know, and I was raised Catholic and you weren't supposed to think of anything that was outside the teachings of the Catholic church. Like they told us that Ouija boards were of the devil. Well, I couldn't wait to get my hands on one. <laughs> Just tell me it's of the devil and you're not supposed to ever touch it. I was like, whoa, I have to get one of those. <laughs> Must be fun. So of course I ended up with one in when I was about 21. Um, so anyway, starting way back to the time I was five. <laughs> that's, that's the short answer. And how... Well, you said you grew up in a Catholic family. So how did your parents, you know, your family members um, react or respond to you, this little, little child that you were? Um, you know, I don't think they paid a whole lot of attention. Um, I don't have a lot of memory about what happened um, back when I was a child. But a lot of that has to do with family trauma you know, and just putting that ugly stuff in a box somewhere and not touching it. But I think um, they didn't really talk about it a whole lot. I remember my mother used to say, oh, that's just your imagination or you're so sensitive. You know, I think she would listen, but not really. It wasn't encouraged. Let's put it that way. Right. So there really wasn't any discussion the only person I, in my family who would discuss different things with me was my mother's mother, my maternal grandmother. I was very close to her and she would, she and I would have conversations about uh, tarot card readers and psychics. She was very interested in it, but she didn't have anybody else. I don't think that she really talked to about that and it, and her knowledge of it was very very limited but for me that was exciting because she was the only person in my whole family that i could somewhat relate to about something out of the ordinary box that i lived in now being raised catholic it was a very mystical faith and i used to read about the lives of the saints all the time i was so into it I wanted to be the bride of Christ so badly, you know, <laughs> that was probably a throwback to other lifetimes when I was a nun, you know? but I was seven years old and getting ready for my first Holy communion. And I felt in myself that this was going to be a mystical, really holy experience of union with the Christ energy, who of course I identified as Jesus. So I would say I was, that shows you the mystical being that I was even that far back 
at seven. And I was pretty alone in that. I really was. There was nobody I could share that with. So being the spiritual misfit that you were in your family um, as you were growing up, um, because you said, you know, you thought you wanted to be a nurse because that's that's the only way you could, um, you know, think about helping. As you got older, um, did you have, when did you start to have more clarity in the direction that you were going? Okay, so I actually kept that dream of becoming a nurse until I was about 16. And I volunteered at a local hospital as what we call the candy striper. I don't know if you have that where you are, but candy stripers were teenage girls who would volunteer. And we had little blue pinstriped um, uniforms, a little cap. <laughs> and that I did that intentionally because I wanted to see if a hospital was really where I wanted to be. And I discovered that it was not. So that was a turning point because that told me that what I thought was right for me in taking nurses training was just not the fit, but I knew I wanted to be a healer. I just didn't know how else, I didn't know what that was. You know, if you're not a nurse, um, cause I wasn't really good at science, you know, and you have to have a bent in the sciences to get through nursing school. So I didn't have that. I, my talents are in English and literature and music and the arts, that sort of thing. So it wasn't until uh, really in my late 20s, early 30s, when I discovered that there was a whole field of mystical study and learning about how to heal with your hands. And I was awakened to this whole new world. I was just walking down a street one day, taking my normal walk at lunchtime during my job um, day. And I've probably been down that street many times before, but all of a sudden I saw this bookshop, you know, a mystical bookstore with gifts and of course books and crystals and I was like, oh my gosh, they have stores for this? I'd never seen such a thing. So of course I went in and started buying things and I took every class I could possibly take. It was just like, I was hungry for this. And I just soaked it up. And I got to the point where I was giving readings at the store, uh, which was really fun. So I was in this whole new world in my early thirties. Um, and it was a great time for that because there was this kind of explosion of interest, I think in the mystical arts because little bookstores and study centers were popping up all around. And it was like a big smorgasbord of treats, you know, spiritual treats. And um, so that was when I was really kind of thrown into or the door opened by spirit. It was opened, like, come on in, you know, here's a whole world that, that you want to discover in here. And so I just started taking all these healing classes and practicing. And it wasn't like an explosive awakening. Some people have awakenings where it's instantaneous. 
you know, just suddenly they wake up. That is not my way. Mine has been very measured and even. Maybe you could even say slow, but I think just measured, you know, it's been a, it's been the slow boat rather than the, like the rocket taking off, but it's been just so much fun. It's an exciting thing to start this spiritual journey. It is for me. You know, it has been the most rewarding thing in the world. Um, so did I answer your question? <laughs> I think so. Um, for the benefit of our listeners, um, could you could you put a um, chronological timeline for this? Like which, uh, which sort of uh, year, you know, like was it the 60s or the 70s? You know. Okay. Um, well, I was, yeah, I was born in 1952. So... It was the, what, early 1980s when I first discovered the bookstore, the great bookstore and study center, and really dove into the mystical arts. And then within, I would say, two years of that, I started giving readings and doing healing work with people. So by the mid-1980s, I was up and running. Wow. Wow. That's, that's very cool. Um, did you ever, you know, as when, as you were getting your, as you call it, your slow awakening and just being a sponge and, and soaking in all that you could learn, um, did you ever, um, waver or, you know, doubt, like, you know, like, is this a career path for you or was it an interest for you? You know, cause you know, you had your, your career, your day job kind of thing and you're learning. The day this. job. Yeah. So my, when... my jobs during the day were office jobs and they were always just a way to make the rent and to support myself before 19, before the mid 1980s, I was very involved in singing and performing. And so I had the day job that paid the rent. And then after five o'clock, I was off to rehearsals, you know, doing performances, my whole world, that was my passion. And it was just so much fun. And then when I started to shift more away from that, which I never thought I would do, but there was another calling I just traded the music and the theater for the healing and the psychic development, you could say. So I kept the day job always. That was my base, which was good because that, that supported me. The healing work has not yet fully supported me enough. You know, um, but now I've retired from the day job. I've been retired for almost three years. And so I have retirement money and social security and all that. So again, I have my baseline and whatever I earn from my sessions supplements that. So while my music and healing work have always been my passion, they haven't been the main moneymaker. And, but it's been okay. It's been okay. Because I actually need a lot of stimulation and interest in my life, and I get bored very easily. 
So I thought it probably wouldn't be a good thing for me to sit home alone and just do private sessions. I don't think that would be good for me. I need to be around people and have friends that we don't talk about spirituality with and just be funny. You know, some of my best friends at my jobs have been people that I don't socialize with after work, but we have so much fun. And so that has fed this other side of me, you know, and then that's opened up plenty of space for me to enjoy evenings and weekends doing what I'm truly in love with. Wow. You know, you, you've come across as a very, a very calm, very collected person, you know, like you know exactly who you are, you know what works for you and what doesn't, you know, and I admire that because honestly, myself included, not many people I know actually are conscious enough of who they are and, you know, what, how they work. You know, like everyone has your, like you were saying, you know, your attention span, there is a limit to it, you know, and you get bored easily. You need to have stimulation. You just want to have, uh, you know, friends out of the mystical world as well so that you can pour your heart into that. Not many people are honest enough about what they need to, mm-hmm. to live, to thrive. But you sound like you sort of worked it out. And was this natural for you or did it did it come naturally for you or did you struggle with this? Uh, well, remember how old I am now. I am now 69 years old, which you don't look still it. You look does not, it doesn't register in my brain at all that I'm that old. <laughs> um, so my life has been very tumultuous, I would say. It has not been an easy ride by any means. I came from a very abusive background, you know, typical story, nothing unusual, alcoholic, abusive father, you know, all that kind of stuff. Very, very difficult. Um, But what that experience provided to me, I believe, is an understanding of and compassion for other people who have suffered the same thing. I can understand the many women that I've had come to me for 30 years with a similar background. And they always have said, you know, gosh, I look at you and I would never believe that that ever happened to you. Well, it's because I've worked, I've worked on my stuff. I have done tremendous self-healing and worked with different therapists and done tons of body work. And, you know, then I've taken all these spiritual healing classes where you, in the class, you work with each other, you have to practice and Um, So, yes, I have done a lot of work on myself, and I also believe, too, that there's something in me that was, that is very strong. I believe that my soul 
has led me through all of this and with the help of my guides and angels, um, you know, to give me the, the, the strength that I needed to walk through the bad years, you know, and so I think it's just a matter of being my age and having I mean, I've been working consistently on myself really for 40 years. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that was a lot of money. <laughs> um, but that's a but, lot of consistent work. I mean, that's a lot of grit to, you know, determination because you really wanted to heal yourself. Yeah. And I still work on stuff. You know, I, I, we're never done. We're never done. We're always a work in progress. Um, so, but I will say, I'm so grateful that I'm at a time in my life where it's really peaceful. It wasn't like that six years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. There was just a lot of upheaval and difficulties. And, um, had a lot of loss in my life over the last 14 years. A lot, like every other year, practically, a family member or a friend was getting sick and dying. So I've I've been through a lot of not only my own healing work, but the grief at losing people really close to me and pets. You know, we know how it is when you lose a pet. Um, it's it's devastating, but now like things are calm. And so I probably do come across as very collected because I've been given this space for the last, I would guess, oh, three or four years of just being able to be at peace in my home where it's quiet, unless the neighbors are acting up because <laughs> I'm in an apartment building. Um, but, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just so glad that I'm here. And I have to continue to remind myself that everything that I've been through has not destroyed me. It has actually helped me to build more inner strength. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, when you said earlier, you, you couldn't remember much about your childhood because you sort of, you know, block, blocked it out. Um, I could identify with that because I come from a dysfunctional family as well. And, you know, when people talk about their childhood, you know, and, 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 you know, they have all these like details of, you know, when they were two or three or five yeah, or you know, whatever, it. I honestly can't recall much There there isn't I, much that I, I can remember or want to remember. I've, I literally yeah. blocked out my whole childhood. I understand yeah. because I I did that. That's a that's a great survival mechanism. But I I understand because I have also listened to people going, "Oh yes, we did this and we said that and we had all this stuff." And I'm like, "My God, how do they how do they remember all that?" It's like I'm just like a blank slate here, you know, in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I have learned to to sort of like put a blur effect on a lot of my past because I mean like God knows how much I've screwed up or made mistakes you know bad choices and and you yeah. know I'm not the nicest person I'm not perfect you know so I've 
and I'm 48 this year. And you don't look I, like it. I thought you were younger. Well, hey, back at you, lady. You don't look 69. <laughs> Good <You> lighting. <laughs> yes. But it's only, honestly, in just the last few years, and again, you mentioned COVID. I actually love COVID. I have to thank COVID with all my heart. Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't for COVID and this so-called break from the usual mundane grind, um, yes. it's given me um, opportunity to actually pause and really reflect on my very shitty life. You know, like, what have I done? Nothing much. You know, um, do I want to live this way? Not really. You know, um, and I want... I want a more fulfilling life, you know, and mm -hmm. I realized that uh, one of the things was because of my dysfunctional past, it's like a, a real dead weight anchor mm -hmm. on my soul is yeah. dragging me in and, 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 you know, I, and I, and I realized that I've been bringing a lot of my past, you know, into my present relationships or, you know, with people I deal with and That's what you do. sort of really backfires at me you know in my face psh, 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 you know yeah and i realize oh yeah. my you know like i'm gonna we bring it all you know, with us hell. we bring yeah, it all like, with hell. us <laughs> yeah and it shows up in relationship why because the other is our mirror yes you know yeah they're reflecting they're showing us or putting it in our faces where something is not quite lined up within us and it can be yeah really hard it's so hard i mean like working on forgiveness which i am trying every day with my family with you know whatever it's 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 um it's not easy and you know you give me hope when you said you've been working on 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 yourself for over 40 years because i just only just started so i'm like okay <laughs> i'm okay because it's 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 not that bad because, you know, I, I was right. It definitely needs a long, long time. <laughs> and I just yeah, thought, so I'm going to pace is, myself. The, those of us who, who have been doing this work for as long as I've been doing it, I, you know, it's like those who come before us pave the way for us. Um, and, and I always think, you know, I've paved the way for other people, men and women, but mostly women, because they're the ones that show up more for this kind of work and experience. But, you know, whatever we do for ourselves to help heal ourselves, we're helping the collective. So I know that every woman and man who have a similar traumatic background to me in some way are being served by my addressing this and healing it because we never just do it for ourselves we don't live in a vacuum you know we're not sitting in our own little, own little black hole so everything we do serves the whole which you know when it when it feels like it's the worst and it's the hardest sometimes you don't want to think about anybody else but because i am a server type you know and a healer it's somehow comforting to know that, let's say all of my ancestors who had similar traumas are really being helped 
by what I've done because they couldn't do it. Does that make sense? You know, let's say my grandmother um, had a traumatic background and she had mental health issues and alcoholism and all that. And she had traditional psychiatry, but back then, you know, they were just treating you with drugs and electric shock therapy. So she didn't have access to the kinds of, let's say, light technology that I work with and that is so available to us now. But I know that everything I've done for myself has been helping all the people that came before me because they couldn't do it. They didn't have the same resources. The kind of healing work that I'm involved in, it didn't exist, you know, 50 years ago. It just didn't. So it's really from that standpoint, this is a wonderful time to be alive if you're open to healing and going inside and finding your own divinity, knowing that it does live there. And the more we can clear, you know, the more we can tap into that. So what was, you know, cause you've been working on yourself for such a long time. What, <clears throat> what was the most, you know, like in your recollection, the most pivotal turnkey unblock that you, that you experienced in, in your, in your journey of self-healing? Hmm. Gosh, I don't know that there was just one, honestly, because it's been this continuous movement, this continuous journey with various therapy showing up at the time they were needed. Um, so I don't think there's really been just one thing. It, everything depended on how old I was, who was in my path, you know, who, who my soul called in or who spirit sent to me. It was the perfect, let's say therapist for that time whether it is hypnotherapy or hands-on body work. I've done several different types of hands-on work. And I've always found that I think the most powerful work for me is anything where I'm literally touched because you can access so much through the physical body. It's all stored in our body. You know, there's a saying that the issues are in the tissues. So we can access a lot by certain therapies that are hands-on. You know, I've always found it extremely impactful. Wow. The issues but I can't issues. say there's been just one thing. You know, and it's cumulative. It, it all builds on what came before it. So you don't do a certain therapy for six months and then it's kind of done and you forget about it. I think it's still there. And then when you need to go to the next level, then the next person or people will come in to assist you in that chapter. I feel like I'm just getting this image of like a train, you know, like a little train that's tooting along and it comes into a train station and you get out and you do whatever you need to do in that little town. 
And then when you're done there, you get back on the train and then you travel down to the next train station and get off there. So it's like each one of those departure points has another gift in it where you get to experience something new and it's not more or less valid necessarily. It's just different, but it's all contributing to this journey that we call our life, you know, and our, our healing journey, our awakening, you know, our ascension, whatever we want to call it. So, okay, let me ask this question again. Um, when did you realize you needed help or you needed to heal yourself? Oh, I realized it very clearly when I was 17, 18. When I actually was thinking a lot about suicide. A lot. Because things at home were just so bad. But again, I put a lot of it in that box that got stored away in a closet somewhere. So I don't have all the details, but I know that it was a significantly traumatizing time in my life. And I was deeply depressed, deeply. And when I was that 17 year old girl in deep depression, I didn't know about self healing or, you know, I just knew because I think my guides were with me and kind of helping me through that whole time period. Um, I just knew that if I didn't get help, I was, I could kill myself because I didn't have any other resources. There was nobody in the family that was paying enough attention or wanted to see, you know, it was just talk about dysfunctional. It was just so messed up. There was nobody on board. So if I wasn't going to do it for me, it wasn't going to happen. So I, I went to, um, because I was in Catholic high school, uh, we had a group of three seminarians from the local seminary. They were in training to be priests, you know, and they taught our religion classes. And after I graduated, I went to see one of them and said, look, I don't know where to go or what to do, but I, I need something. And so he did some research and he got me the name of uh, a downtown community health agency where I started to go. And that's when really the whole, I think the lid came off because I then had a therapist and, you know, weekly sessions and whatever that all entailed. Um, but I think that's when, that was like when you pick the scab off of a sore you know, on your arm and it's raw and, you know, it, it's not easy to do that. So I look back and I go, wow, you know, I, I really had some strength there to put myself in that position. Cause I'll tell you when I first went to the, um, the agency, the community health place, I was sitting out in the waiting room. There I am like 17, 18 years old. And I'm hearing some young woman like screaming in a back room and I'm sitting there going, oh my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> it was amazing. I, you know, I was, I was too, too well-trained to just get up and walk out. It was like, you're going to see this through, but it was, you know, it was kind of scary. And I, I put myself out there and I'm glad I did because here I am, you know, it's, it's, it's truly strength of character at such a young age 
that your survival instinct kicked in that somehow your subconscious or you know you you knew deep down inside that if you didn't change something or did something something bad was going to happen to you you know yeah and, and i think my soul was like listen you're here to be to develop your spiritual gifts and to do healing that's why you're here so you're not going to bump yourself off you're just that's not allowed so we're going to put people in your path who can help get you started and that's what happened i needed to wow. be here for this time wow. you know if i had done that um i would not have been fulfilling my soul contract to be here at this time that's amazing because for me even to to this day i find it hard to trust a total stranger a therapist mm -hmm you know, uh, to be able to open up and share. I've tried a few times, but it's difficult. I, I there's this wall that I have, you mm -hmm. know, um, that prevents me from opening up to a total stranger like that. You know, very suspicious that I am, you know, mm -hmm. and very skeptical. So I found uh, more inner work seems to help me. Uh, mm -hmm release certain you know like blocks and and yeah but i find that very interesting that you were so young as a teenager looking actively looking for a therapist yeah know? and i um i didn't know what inner work was that would have that wasn't a thing i also know about myself in case you can't tell i like to talk with people i like this back and forth with another person. And I did get started in therapy with a woman, which was very important. Had it been a man, it, it may not have worked at all. Um, but it was a wonderful woman who was very helpful and I did not feel threatened, you know? So um, yeah, for me, I have found, not everybody's like this, of course, that I get much more out of dialoguing with people and getting, just being in this loop of conversation and it's very enlightening. And I've always seemed to need to talk things out, um, which helps me to get inspired and to come to greater understanding about why things the way they were. If I can talk through something, I just need to hear it come out. And then it's like, oh, you know, I have more aha moments when I have that reflection from the other person, you know, or the, or the probing questions. Um, so that's what works for me and has always worked for me. And I realize it's not everybody's thing, but also to be in a safe space where you're given the opportunity to have somebody spend an hour with you and they have to be there for you you know, and I had never had that before. So that was really nice. So, you know, you started with conventional therapy in, in that sense, correct? That's all so we had. Was, yeah. Yeah. So when, when did you start going to the woo woo side, as they call it? <laughs> the woo woo you know? side, the other side. Yeah. Well, that would have yeah. been in the early 1980s I when I came upon that bookshop. 
So it was called the Avant Garde Bookstore and Study wow. Center. Wow. And that's when this whole sort of alternate world opened up. Exactly. Exactly. And at that point, I don't, I don't think I had done any therapy for quite a while. You know, I'd sort of done all the talk therapy and gotten myself to a point where I could be functional in a day job and go about my life, you know, and be in music and, you know, have a pretty normal life that way. Um, but this was the next phase, you know, this was my soul or my spirit, the greater spirit popping in and going, here you go. Here's your next chapter. This little point called the avant-garde bookstore is right here for you. <laughs> and it was within walking distance of my job. You know, it was perfect. So that's when, that's when the tide really turned. So of all the modalities that we've learned, you know, um, which ones resonate with you deeply? My whole purpose is in helping people to get in touch with uh, blockages and complexes that come that are like, you know, part of their soul experience that come from other lifetimes. I, like, I think I mentioned to you earlier that when I was 16, I read a book on reincarnation and I just was blown away by this. And then when I went to avant-garde, there happened to be someone very talented who was a past life therapist. And I was like, I am in, I did the whole training and started working with it because it's, it's incredibly fascinating to me what people's, what people's beings have been through. And obviously I have a belief that we have lived many times um, because the soul is energy and it doesn't die, you know, it just changes forms. Um, so we have a lot of issues that we carry due to trauma and conditioning. You know, and also we've taken vows at certain times. You know, like if let's just say I was I was a nun in another lifetime, and you have to take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. So that stuff lives in us. It's like that's part of our akashic record, you might say, which is where all it's like the library that holds all knowledge of our all of our soul's experiences. And so for me, I've been so fascinated in how that has played out with people and how it continues to play out today. You know, because somebody may keep repeating certain patterns in this life and there's no logic for why it should be that way. Like, why do I always attract the same kind of person to be in love with? What, you know, cause it's not, it's not good. It hasn't been good. And why do I keep doing that? And so when I work with people through this light hypnotic um, state and through my own channeling ability, we get information about where there may have been some trauma or some expectation in another time that that's the life you were supposed to live. But then the person comes into this lifetime and they're still doing it and wondering why. 
So when I work with somebody, we help to identify that kind of material. And then I do healing work around it, which helps to free them up, which gives them choice. It's like, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. And I'm changing my inner being to such an extent that I'm at a different vibrational frequency, which then means I shouldn't have to keep attracting that old stuff because I've changed, I'm changing the story now. First, I understand that there was a story and now we've done the healing work and I understand that I can create a new story. I have choice. I have understanding and I can forgive myself for having gone through the, those experiences. You know, my soul is constantly wanting to learn and evolve. And so you just do this journey, clear this stuff out. You know, it involves tremendously interesting past life material and gives great understanding. So that's been my thing. That's been the constant past life work, channeling, bringing in information from higher sources and healing. That's all, that's what it is for me. And it's all about freeing up our souls to bring in more light and thus be open to having more joy in our life. The guides keep saying it's, it's time for you to find joy. And that means that we have to often get rid of a lot of programs that tell us it's not okay, or we don't deserve it, or it'll never happen to me. All of those old things that just are old and outdated. Wow. So that was a long answer. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So, but also which leads me to another question is how oh, how did you, how were you able to unlock your spiritual doorway or I don't know what, what they call it you know, for you to be able to, you know, channel, speak to your guides. I mean, like they call it, I don't know, the third eye, or I don't know what, is, what it's called, what's the proper right. term for it, you know? Well, again, I think that's part of my soul's program is to be able to do that. And so the talent was already there, but I had to come to a point where I recognized that I did have that. Um, and so that started in the early 1980s when I would meditate. So I would be just sitting in my chair meditating and, and my head started to move. Like I noticed that without my doing anything, it just started to move back and forth and up and down. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I wonder what that's about. I just went with it. And um, you know, I would write in a journal and just let things come through. But I didn't really even know what channeling was. I mean, I kind of did. I think I read a book on it called Seth Speaks by Jane Roberts way, way back, I think before this happened to me. So yes, I did know what channeling was. Never thought I was going to do it. So I went through that period of meditation in my head moving and Okay. And then one night, you'll love this. I had a dream. And in the dream, there was a woman with long platinum blonde hair dressed in like priest robes. And she was processing behind 
all these monks with like white monk hair. <laughs> they all had white platinum blonde hair and a monk haircut, you know, with the bald pate. And, um, and they were just processing in this church. It was very real and I'll never forget it. So I woke up going, wow, that's so interesting. Well, shortly after that, I got an invitation to go to hear a channel, a woman channeler who had just moved to Maryland from Hawaii or someplace. So I go out with friends to this place about a 45 minutes away and the woman comes in. She was the woman in my dream and she was a channeler. So see, there was spirit going, you have to go see her. <laughs> You'll understand. And when I realized that was who it was and I was being told I needed to connect with her, I went up to her afterwards. I got an appointment for a session and I started taking, um, I took a tarot reading class with her and some meditation. I did various things with her, but that was spirit leading me to my next teacher. And she was the channeler and I got to open up. And sometimes you just have to be in the same place physically as another channel because that their energy acts as uh, something to stir up your own energy, your awakening. It's like a trigger. It's like a trigger point for me to go, poing, you know, open up the crown chakra, open up the throat, get everything cleared out. And that's when the channeling started. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. It was so much fun. You know, that's what's so cool about this too, is it's fun. It's exciting and interesting. It's like, you know, the Beatles magical mystery tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah. I always look at it as, as a fun adventure for you. Oh, yes. And very rewarding and well, it makes my soul happy. Makes my soul sing because in this work and in these times, I've been connecting with my soul's path for me, you know, my soul's desire for what we were gonna live out in this particular life expression. Wow. Wow. That's amazing because I, you know, I grew up in such a way that I have, I used to have still working through it, limiting beliefs and, you know, um, my left brain and my right brain kind of thing. So I tend to rely a lot, I think on my default mode sometimes on my left brain for survival mm -hmm. instinct. Sure. You know, so Makes sense. learning. So right now, because of COVID, I mean, I'm learning, you know, to trust and go deeper into my spiritual journey, you know, my work to, to mm -hmm. learn, you know, as I call it, to unfuck myself. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like really like trying to put the ego and the left brain quieted down. Yes. And yes. To, to, to allow you know, the, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know. The spirit in me or, you know, the, mm -hmm. yeah, your higher self, 
your soul yeah the higher self yeah to to come forward and 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 guide me more it's it's a yeah. real struggle for me because i've survived all these years um you know in a in a left brain survival instinct mode so mm -hmm. now it's only like, like i said i'm a little amoeba compared to you in my in my journey of self-healing so only in the last honestly the last two or three years COVID time that you know i really started to invest more and and you know like look deeply within my and it's so not easy it's not nice to look at myself <laughs> <laughs> well we do have to do a lot of self-forgiveness yeah. and i still yeah. do it i don't know what's been going on but it seems like every morning when I wake up, I start remembering things that have happened that I'm not proud of, you know, like mistakes that I judge myself for, and we've all done them, whatever it is. And I go, oh my God, I'd forgotten all about that. Why is that springing up now? And it's like, because it's something I think that I've been holding on to where there's shame, um, you know, or still some anger, or there's, there's forgiveness that's still needed, mostly for myself, you know, because part of the journey, I mean, when you've had a lot of trauma, um, you know, we tend to act out in ways maybe that don't show our best selves because it's about survival. And now I'm at a point where I can look at that and go, oh my gosh, you know, I understand now why I did that. Um, and I wish I didn't remember that I did that, but I need to forgive myself for that because I'm human. I'm human. I have this very spiritual side and I do have talent as a healer and a channeler. That's who I am. And I've had a lot of stuff in this life, you know, that represents the part of me that, you know, I've been maybe embarrassed about or think, oh my gosh, but it's, it's all about self-acceptance and forgiveness because we're here on a journey. And, you know, if we were going to be perfect and do everything absolutely beautifully and right, why would we be here? You know, what would be the point? Because earth really does provide a lot of opportunities to get our lessons in whatever those lessons are for us as individuals. Yeah, I, you know, I think if five years ago, um, or even three or four years ago, you know, if you ask me, I would say like, yeah, my past really fucked me up, you know, and then there's so much anger and resentment, you know, and I'm working through it still. But now I look at my past more as in, if it didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be here where I am today. Right. help me recognize you know and start my healing journey you know mm -hmm. it's like all that crap really did happen for a reason because it makes me more appreciative of what i have you know yes uh, more grateful yes. really really like i am i feel so grateful now every day you know um and that's advanced thinking but, you know, that's really an advanced way of looking at your life because a lot of people don't get there. They continue to blame others, mm. you know, for what has happened to them. They don't take any personal responsibility and don't think they can change. Um, so for you, no matter how old you are, to be looking at all of that 
doing your own self-assessment and realizing that every single thing you went through is what has made you who you are and has brought you to this point of going, okay, so what's next? You know, I know I have a higher power and I'm here for a reason. So, you know, help me, help me get there. Show me the next space that I can move into that will further my spiritual journey and perhaps open up a whole new way of being that is peaceful or gives you more peace, you know, and just an inkling of deep joy and maybe different types of relationships will start to filter in. I'm really enjoying this 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 conversation we're having. By the way, I feel very blessed. Me I'm too. Really blessed. Me you know, too. Um, because you 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 are helping me really, you know, look at a lot of things, you know, with a clearer, with more clarity, you know, like I know it's not easy doing forgiveness and you know all that crap, letting go. But at least I have you know, um, hope, you know, that it's, it's, it's doable because you've done it in, and you're in a, in a much more peaceful place as you, you, as you say you are now compared to before, you know, um, it, you inspire me in that, in that sense. So you're like, okay, you know, um, I just started, so it's, you know, I'm still very young in my journey, but I will get there looking at you. You'll get there faster than I did, probably, you know. Um, (laughs) But, you know, when I I look back and I think, gosh, to see how I started as that 17-year-old who said, I think I need to go to therapy or I'm going to kill myself, to where I am now as a healer and a spiritual teacher and a channeler, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you're giving me a chance to look at this with different eyes right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's where I started. And the journey was really long and bumpy, very bumpy. Um, I, I really do think that when you make the decision to do your inner work and face your demons, it's pretty rocky. And it's not for the faint of heart. You know, it will challenge you. It's like, a, it's an initiation into a higher way of being. When you do it and you cross the Rubicon, (laughs) whatever that means, people say, you know, when you cross that thing, it's like, oh my gosh, you can breathe easier. And it it pays off. It pays off in so many ways. And it doesn't pay off necessarily in, you know, finances or things like that. Am I rich now? No, I'm not rich in terms of money, but I'm super rich in terms of what I've accumulated in terms of my spiritual gifts Mm. and growth. Yeah. No, I, I can see that abundance in you, that, that light, that, you know, what you have right now is something Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, you know, I aspire to, you know, it's like, oh man, what Joanne has, it's like, if I can get there, even half of it, I'll if be I can so do it, happy. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was iffy so for amazing. a while, but I pushed through 
you know, you know so yeah great so you said you, you're 69 and you started your journey about 16 17 um during your very long years on living this earth, <laughs> how you know which were the moments in your life that almost challenged you to did you ever think of giving up or stopping what you were doing i've never ever thought of stopping my spiritual journey i've never ever that's just who i am it's like breathing you know it's what gives me juice and fills me up so that's always been there there have been times when it's been much more challenging to do my healing practice for various reasons like i had a job 15 years ago that was so difficult so so difficult in terms of a ridiculously full workload and challenging relationships at the workplace and you know, I, I think more I questioned maybe my ability to be successful just personally, but it, it nothing has ever made me want to give up doing what I love to do. Nothing could get me off of that. Wow. That's why I'm wow. here. And I, yeah, I've always known it. And, um, you know, it's just, no, it would be like cutting off my right arm if I couldn't do what I do. And so for me, even us having this conversation today, I'm in my work. This is, this is my work. You know, it's not separate from my private sessions where people give me money, you know, or my little groups. It's not, this is all part of the whole. This is me just doing me. And that's why I'm all lit up now because it's really fun to have this conversation and I get to be passionate about it and share what it's about for me. And you obviously are appreciating it. So that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't interested, we wouldn't have been talking this long, I'm sure. <laughs> no. I, I I appreciate you. I appreciate this conversation, the opportunity that you know uh, you've gifted me to to give me your time to speak about about all this because I think you know everything happens for a reason, and I think you know you you popping into my life at this point, like today, this time exactly, is exactly what my soul needed to hear. Clearly, you know. Because, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, every day it's, you know, always working through a lot of things and struggling and, you know, all these doubts that I have that I have to keep shifting and reminding myself, you know, like, that's the past, that's the past, forget the, you know, like, let it go, let it go, let it go, keep looking forward, mm -hmm. you know, trust the universe, you know, yes. again, like I said, you know, coming from a very dysfunctional family, it's like, mm, it's a challenge to do that. But I'm working through it, you know, yeah. and every day I, that's why I find like the, the basic daily routine that I have to do is meditation, journaling, reflection, you mm -hmm. know, to always help ground me and, you know, like bring me back 
like collectively like okay this is why i'm doing it why you know why why i'm doing what i'm doing you know yes. there's a reason for it yes i don't know what's the, the final big picture i mean like you know like i i i always you know appreciate and envy people like you who have a very clear vision of you know like who you serve or what's your calling you know what are your gifts um but then i at the same time i realized that well you've had many years of training <laughs> to get where you are to give me this amazing answer you know um and i'm still like i said a little amoeba in my journey i just started literally you know like yesterday kind of thing and you know i'm i don't know what is my calling calling or my vision i just know that i'm meant to do something and i'm meant to serve and help others but the exact detail i don't know you know and i think that's why i love doing my podcast and interviewing people like you because it helps me get more clarity and more mm -hmm. self reflection as well to right to you know like ask my you know like figure out like okay where where am i going what's my what's my soul what's my soul's purpose mm -hmm. you know um well and even more you know, ask like, what really lights me up? If I could do anything, like what brings me joy? What, what do I feel even the slightest inkling of passion about doing? And so when you get in touch with the quality or the feeling nature within you about what lights me up, then you let the universe, like you're giving a clear message to the universe you know, this is, this is the feeling that I want. Now bring me the particulars, you know, because the universe has the huge picture that we just don't have in our limited little 3D ego mind, right? So we don't have to figure out all the details. We don't, that's not our job. Our job is to get in touch with that spark, say, this is how I want to feel. I want to feel this passion. You know, I want to feel lit up. I want to feel joy. And you already know a few things that you enjoy doing. You know, you like working with animals. You love doing the broadcasts. You love interviewing people. So those are some really good pieces right there. You say, you know, you write it down. You write down everything that lights you up and then ask the universe to bring you the ways that you can utilize this and more. Whatever you haven't thought of, bring it to me. I think the more we can open to communicating outside of this little frame just within ourselves, put our attention out more to the universe and to our guidance system. Even if you don't believe you have guides, pretend you do, or just talk to the universe and say, okay, let's be in a partnership here. Open to being in a partnership with spirit and asking for your partner to lead the way and lead you to the opportunities that are going to show you more about what you can do and who most needs you. You know, like bring me the people that really need me. That's what I ask for all the time. Bring me the people that I can serve. Mm. And then they come in surprising ways when it's time. That's amazing. I have some friends who, you know, they, they can, you know, like 
meditate or they can see who their guides are they can describe their guides so you know, mm. they can they can visualize they have like really amazing you know this um IMAX vision in their head about that's things. amazing and and I and I don't or or maybe I do but I have a block about it because I don't trust myself I don't know we'll see you know I don't have that ability to see like that that's called clairvoyance you know, clear seeing. That's not my strongest right. gift. I will get images when I'm doing sessions with people and I'm channeling stuff. Um, but yeah, like you, I would love to be able to see that clearly, but that's not my strongest gift. I am clairaudient, which is clear hearing um, and clairsentient. You know, I'm strong in the feeling senses. Um, so I'll get you know, the strong inner sense and feeling about something, whether it's right or wrong, or, you know, the, we just, we get information in different ways and learning what your best mode is, is really valuable. Um, Cause you'll just let what you're not so good at just drop away and, and focus then on where you are the best, what your strongest sense is, is it seeing, is it hearing, is it feeling? Um, and then start developing that. Okay, I like what you said. What clairvoyance? Is clairvoyance, like vision. vision. Yeah, clairaudience. Audit, think auditory. That's hearing. Okay. Okay. And I think you must have that one because of the way you speak and you listen to other people. That tells me that you have some clairaudient ability. And then there's clairsentience, which is like clear knowing sensing like i can feel when guides come in because i'll just suddenly get like really tingly or get chills or you know hot really hot and i can feel pressure coming in on me when i am getting ready to do a session either with a group or with people you know like single people individuals and i do my invocation and i can feel the energy change in the room and i feel that intense you know heat or body chills coming in it's like okay thank you you know you're here wow wow okay that's amazing yeah it's exciting i have some friends when they share you know they share with me their with their their experiences you know and i've got one girlfriend who you know she 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 named her guide she could describe what the guide looks like and i'm like oh my goodness you know like wow. wow that's that's a superpower man because i don't have that i really don't have yeah. that you know yeah uh i i just might i don't know you know um get a feeling for me it's usually just a feeling well there's your clairsentience okay so yeah so when i listen to my friends who who describe these uh, IMAX cinematic uh, visualized you know uh, experiences they get when they go into meditation I'm like wow that's amazing because I can't I don't see that I try but I don't see that <laughs> I'll get a lot of visions but I can't say that it, I don't know if I really see my guides I mean I might see a light figure you know because a lot of them are just light like angels you know they're light um, they only take on human characteristics because that's what we understand. 
you know, they don't have human bodies. They are light beings. Mm -hmm. So, but to make it, to make their presence more understandable and available to us, then they will come through with a physical form so that we can recognize them. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's easier for people to talk to somebody that looks human than to just a light beam, you know? Correct. Yeah, that's right. You know, we always talk about the light, but we never talk about the dark. And, you know, they, they you know, um, it's like that question, is, is it um, two sides of the same coin, the light and the dark, the yin and the yang? Um, well, we have that on this planet because we live in duality here. You know, in the highest realms of the heavens um, and spirit, there's no darkness, it's light. You know, we, we talk about after somebody dies, they transition into the light. You know, the darkness is here. Um, and there may be darkness in like the fourth dimension as we pass through the dimensions on our way out. But when you get far enough, you transition into the light where that's what it is. It's light and it's love. That's the energy of being in that realm that we would call being with God or being in heaven or whatever. So we leave the darkness in the lower realms, but we live in duality here, the good and the bad, the light, and the dark, salt and pepper, you know? Um, so we have that, we have those distinctions, but not on the other side when you reach those highest realms. That is good to know. Yes. That is that is really good to know because for the longest time I I I always felt like you know um, everything around me was very dark and murky, you know, and and very depressive and negative, you know, mm -hmm. for the longest time. So you know now when I'm learning to do all this, you know, sometimes I think like, you know, all this like evil energy or negative energy that people talk about. Half the time I think me is on your head because you you are projecting a lot of a lot of it you know um on yourself and around you you know mm -hmm. so sometimes i think like well we could switch that one off if we you know understood it and then if we won't feel so dark and heavy mm -hmm. i don't know well the antidote for working with you know, if you want to get out of darkness is to just keep focusing on what's light, mm. you know, look for ways to enlighten yourself. You know, like I will watch funny movies. If I'm feeling in a down place and I, I do go down at times for sure. Um, maybe the news has been especially bad one day. So I try not to like, I'll, I'll just, look at little blips of news because I don't want to get so sucked into it that it brings me down and puts me in a negative space. So I'll just get enough, I'll scan enough to just get the gist of it. Um, and there are times when I know, oh my God, you need to go watch a comedy or, you know, put on some really light music and I don't know, dance around the house or something. But um, sometimes we have to, we have to work a little bit to get ourselves into that light space because there, there are energies that, that pull us down. And um, we can choose whether we want to 
be pulled down or go in the opposite direction and fill our space with fun and, you know, humorous things. And, you know, laughter is one of the best ways to, to raise your energy. Yes. Laughter and gratitude. If you do nothing else, then do your gratitude practice and find ways to laugh. You're doing a lot to raise your vibration and connect with spirit. Thank you for this discussion. It's, it's really like, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think my guides just really needed me to hear this today. Um, I'll I be honest, so. I didn't know, I, I had no idea, no clue where this conversation would lead us to, you know, <laughs> so I, I'm just thinking like, okay, yeah, I, I think, I think, um, I think I know what my guides are trying to tell me. <laughs> well, before I I got on here with you today, I did my own prayer of to my guides asking me to just help me serve you in whatever way you needed and say whatever you needed to hear. You know, use me. That's what I always say. Just use me. I'm here. You know, use me for the highest good. So I really think that our conversation is reflective of that prayer. Well, thank you for saying that prayer for me and for today's session. Um, I really feel very blessed and grateful. Uh, oh. it's, it's, you know, um, always you know i've i mean like i've known you for well since last year since i joined harmony pack but we've never had this kind of in-depth conversation one-on-one -on -one. this is the first first time that i've actually really gotten to know you and i feel so yeah. grateful that you know uh that you're willing to share you know your story with me today um oh I, i'm I, so appreciative that you asked me that's a great honor <laughs> to be invited you, so thank you for inviting person. me. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're you're beautiful. You you have a beautiful soul, and you know whatever it is, I thank the universe for you, and mm. for what you're doing, and you know I pray that you keep you keep doing what you're doing to find joy, because um, you've you've got this. Like I said you know um, you have a beautiful energy about you that it's very soothing, you know, and I just. Just even just watching you and listening to you, I find it very soothing and, and, and um, very peaceful. Oh, very good. Peaceful. That's my prayer always to bring that to people, you know, and, yeah. and every age has its struggles um, and challenges, you know, and um, we're all in it together. And if I can be that, for enough people, I, I'll feel very satisfied. When it comes time for me to leave this earth, I'd like to be able to look back and go, yeah, I did that well. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that with me. Well, Joanne Bracken, it was a real honor to to spend this, this uh, well, early morning for me and afternoon for you. Because uh, um, it's, 
yeah, you have taught me a lot today, and oh. I have a lot to actually think about. You know, and this is the kind of conversation that I really appreciate um, because I'm open anytime, anytime. Oh. So honestly, I mean that. You know, if you want more conversations like this, I'd be happy to step in. Well, thank you so much. Bless you. Thank you, Amaris. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.